for listening to Hope Central's latest message. You can learn more about Hope Central or find more messages at hopecentral.org.au. I feel like there should be thunderclaps and lightning bolts. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Wow, what a sight. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, in anticipation of this amazing event that they had thought of and planned. And here they are. Are you ready? God said... Let there be light. And there was light. God spoke and Holy Spirit performed the word. Now do you see there's going to be a pattern as we work through this this morning. Remember that phrase. God spoke and Holy Spirit performed the word. Now do you think this was a quiet affair? Not at all. No. There was, I imagine, a host of angels going, woo, hallelujah, right? The whole works. I imagine God the Father would have been, yeah, right? It it would have been awesome. The word says that creation praises God. When do you think they started? (laughs) I reckon right at the beginning. There they are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I just want to break some religious clinical concept that we often have of God when we read the word. God is awesome, he's exciting and he's fun. Jesus is too, Holy Spirit is too, three in one. Yeah, and we are created in his image. The same spirit of God in the beginning of creation is the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead and is the same spirit that what? Dwells in you. God, the spirit who hovered over the whole of of the earth and performed the word of God, dwells in you. There we go. And it's in scripture. I'm going to ground everything I can in scripture so that you know that this is God's word. But if the same spirit of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies from his spirit who dwells in you. Who is the supernatural creative force? Holy Spirit. Spirit. He is the super on our natural Remember that phrase too. He dwells in you 
fills you, baptizes you, rests on you and anoints you and performs God's word in you, for you and through you. And I should have added with you. So let's have a look at this. Now, can I also just say to you that I find that we can have, when if I said to you, picture God the Father, you could picture something that you think God the Father would look like. Picture Jesus. You could picture something that you think Jesus would look like. Now, picture Holy Spirit. You're like, hmm, what does he look like? We know that he's represented through fire, oil, water, wind. So we could picture something like that. But that is just a representation of who he is. But what does he look like? Now, the trouble we have in the Western church is we are not a spiritual culture. We're quite materialistic. So for us to even think of supernatural kind of freaks us out, right? Because we can't quantify it. And so because we can't quantify Holy Spirit, we tend to struggle to identify with Holy Spirit. Yet Holy Spirit is the one that Jesus said, I've got to go and send him because he's greater. He will lead you into all truth. He will dwell in you and be with you all of time. So we need to understand Holy Spirit's place in our life. We need to know him. And this is what I have discovered in life. He wants to show us that he loves us. Holy Spirit loves you. It's not a phrase we often hear, right? But Holy Spirit in you leads you, guides you, comforts you. He's an advocate the thing is, all those words are kind of servitude type words, aren't they? And Jesus came and he donned a cloth and got down and he washed feet. He came as a servant and they struggled. You're meant to be a king. He said, yes, kings serve. Leaders serve, do likewise. So Holy Spirit comes to serve. The trouble is we think he should look like something what we think a king should look like. Actually, Holy Spirit is your closest friend. He knows you so intimately that you don't even know yourself the way he knows you. And he longs, longs to connect with you, to live life with you, for you, and through you. So that is what we're on about this morning. Matthew. Matthew talks about how we are baptized in Holy Spirit. Now, this baptism, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who comes, this is John the Baptist speaking, he who is coming after me is mightier than I. I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. The fire of God. Now we know that baptism in Holy Spirit according to the word comes with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Check this out. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Not those who are highly intelligent, those who are good looking, those who are leaders, those who have a so-called ministry. It's just those who what? 
believe. I think that qualifies all of us. So those who believe, in my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents and in the, with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, such as coffee and no sugar coke, it will not hurt them. I claim that one. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Check this out. Between casting out demons and healing the sick is... They will speak in new tongues. How come that fits in there? Well, we haven't understood the power of speaking in tongues, I'm pretty sure. There is something that we're yet to discover in Holy Spirit about this amazing gift of speaking in tongues. And I can testify that in my life, there has been times that I could not, I did everything I could do, but circumstances would not change on my behalf. And I would sit with the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do and I don't even know what to pray. But I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to pray through me in this language that is the will of the Father. And I am going to trust that you're going to move these circumstances according to his will. And I will begin to speak in tongues. It'll be the tongue that I usually use. And then all of a sudden, a new tongue will come. And as I allow it to flow, it flows and it flows and it flows and it gets stronger and it progresses. And I find that I could be there 10 minutes to an hour and it's gone like that. And at the end of that time, when I feel it's flowed, there is this sense of completion. God has done something on my behalf. And then I wait, and usually it's within a couple of days, every circumstance that he has led me to do this with has shifted. It has been impossible to everyone else except to God. So this is an amazing gift. Don't deny it. Use it. Explore with Holy Spirit what this looks like. And it is God who establishes you. Uh, sorry, establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us, who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. This is the anointing of Holy Spirit. He dwells in us, he baptizes us and anoints us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have been set apart, specially gifted and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us illuminates our minds and guards us from error. This anointing, if you look it up in Wikipedia, says to smear with oil. Don't you find that rather clinical? Boop, little dob. But actually, if you read scripturally what David says when Aaron the priest was being uh, anointed, says that oil was poured on his head and it ran down his hair, down his face, down his beard and down his robe. Do you think that's kind of messy? And have you ever spilled oil? It just kind of gets in places you just never knew it could, right? It totally saturates. Reminds me of Joel too. And I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And what is the result? We will prophesy and we will dream dreams and have visions. Remember that. This is the anointing of God. You're anointed. Every one of you here, if you believe, you are anointed. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now, Jesus was like the ultimate model of anointing, right? 
The thing is, Jesus didn't do anything that we can't do. In fact, he said, you're going to do more. So we can actually put our names in here. It's perfectly credible to do so because we now, as Christ is in heaven, we are now on the earth. We're his ambassadors, his representative, the body that outworks the will of God on earth, yeah? So we're meant to look like him. So what did he look like? He looked like this. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went around doing good and hearing, uh, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Okay, let's pop some names in there. And God anointed Seth, Rad, Mel, Jeff, Barbara. Pop your name in there. So that you could go around with Holy Spirit, sorry, and power, so that you could go around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God is with you. Yeah? This is talking about you. Am I floating your boat or freaking you out? There's kind of two ways to go. Do them both simultaneously. That's okay. Just do the the right thing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now this... Jesus prayed. I was going to get us to pray this together. Do you think we're game enough to do it? So it doesn't sound like a dog's breakfast. All right, let's do this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy, to proclaim the favourable year of the Lord. Jesus prophesied that about himself. Or sorry, Jesus read that out. It was prophesied about him. But this is also about us. You own that. Own that. That's your mandate. So the trouble is, we're reading all these incredible things out, but do we look like it? It's a bit freaky, I know. We're going to talk about it in a minute. I love this. Isaiah prophesied this of Jesus. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom, of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge of the fear of the Lord. This is supernatural, not of this world. I don't know about you, but I have needed supernatural counseling. Even if someone speaks, there's a third party, someone speaks into my life, I never disconnect from Holy Spirit's voice in me. I always found everything that's brought to me on the word and on the heart of God and the will of God for my life. And that's all found through Jesus, through the word, through Holy Spirit revealing to us. So there is a supernatural knowledge available to to you. Uh, Shirley and I have a business called Endless Eden and when we started out I foolishly put my hand up to build our website. Now I have never built a website. I had no idea what I was up for. So I sat there in front of my computer and I cried. I just said I don't know what I'm doing. And so I said Holy Spirit you're going to have to teach me because I don't know what to do. So I just sat there and said what do I need to Google? I don't even know what to ask to start. And he would drop a word into my mind and I'd just Google that word. And next minute, this whole information uh, just kind of exploded before me. I'd read that and go, that's the step, right? Something else will come up, do the same thing. And we have a website. We've had so working 
praise Jesus, I hope it's still working, for a few years now. And God gave me knowledge I didn't have. That was supernatural. He can do the same for you. Have you ever needed help with raising your kids or your relationship with your husband or wife? I need, Pete just put his hand up. Somebody smack that man. <laughs> you know, seriously, I think raising kids is a big experiment. I just said, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I need your help. And he would download strategy. He'd give me creative ideas for my kids because he knew how they ticked. He knew how they processed and he knew how to reach them. And he would just give me ideas. God can do this for you. This is supernatural. This was before you could Google. And, and we've got a bit lazy. We like to get information from the world. The world has stolen a fair bit from God, by the way. So I just like to go to the source because he gives it in context. Okay, he doesn't diagnose you with something you haven't really got. Ah, that's good. All right, he just goes straight to the source. So, how do we engage with Holy Spirit? This is probably the problem that we we struggle with. Okay, I know that Holy. We talk about Holy Spirit, but how I don't get him, and I'm not sure if he gets me. I don't know how this works. And I think probably the single biggest issue is that we are not living aware of his presence in our life continually. Seriously, if we were aware the Holy Spirit wanted to engage with us in every moment, we would live very differently. And I'm not saying you wouldn't sin. That's not actually what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living in a way that is not like this world. Like... We should just pack up and go home if we're going to live like everyone else. True? Otherwise, are you set apart? Are you consecrated for him? Uh, Yeah, you are, but you're not thinking that you are. You're not concentrating on that. And in the moment, what we tend to do is we disconnect. We're a bit of checkle and hide. We live lives thinking one thing's spiritual. When I come to church, that's spiritual. When I go home and eat lunch, that isn't. If you're really honest with yourself, we disconnect. But actually what I see is that Holy Spirit is in it all. Because the word says, do everything unto the Lord. So if I do everything unto the Lord, he's in it all. Yeah? Everything's spiritual. Thank you. You can hear me croaking and... You're a good man. I take it back. Nobody smack him. Sorry, you have to hear me swallow. So, where was I at, love? Since you interrupted. <clears throat> He's not listening. That's usual. <clears throat> no. So, so we, we disengage, right? But the idea is that we need to engage with the Holy Spirit. How do, how do we engage with the Holy Spirit? We engage with the whole of our being, with our spirit, but with our soul. The soul is the mind, will, and emotions. The mind, our mental faculties, our will, we engage by that surrender and that intention and awareness that he is with us and he wants to invest in us and work with us, but also with our bodies, with our senses. Now, that's not something we often hear in church because we, you know, we had a season in the church of, ooh, the flesh, ooh, the flesh, don't use your imagination, anything of the flesh is not of God. Did I just say before he puts his super on our natural? 
All right, so let's stop denying our natural makeup, okay, and realize that God wants to use how he made us. But it's all that middle part, surrendered to him, our emotions, our will, our mind, just surrendered to him and let him work with us. We're not perfect, so we're going to stuff up. That's okay. He's big enough to deal with that as well. But start engaging with him. How does he engage with us? He engages with our imagination, with dreams and visions and words and with our senses and emotions. For example, you'll get pictures, ideas, patterns, innovations, problem solving, feelings, ooh, insight, songs, poetry, strategy, techniques, smells, sounds, colours and senses. Now, I've got a couple of testimonies around these things. Dreams. God speaks to me through dreams. And this one season I was in, I actually was, it was probably about 12 years ago, I was so disillusioned and my faith was just taking a slam. And I, I actually know what it feels like to have no hope. And if you have been there, I get it. It is, well, it, it immobilizes you. And um, Jesus knows. Anyone that I spoke to right then, Jesus knows. He's the answer, okay? And so I went to bed that night and I just said, Jesus, I can't wake up like this in the morning. I just can't do it. I need you to minister to me tonight. I've tried everything I know. Every principle of your word, every message I've heard, I've tried to apply it and nothing's working. So Holy Spirit, please minister to me tonight. I can't wake up like this tomorrow. And I went to sleep and I had a dream. And in the dream, Jesus stood with me and he took my hand and we walked into a room. The room was white, beautiful white lit up room. There was white furniture in it like a lounge and as we're standing there against this white wall, I have a look. And there's these couple of beings that are pacing around this room. They had uh, men's bodies with dog heads. They weren't looking at me or taking any notice of me. They were pacing around and they were hackling, heckling and mocking and laughing at me. And it was so bad that I covered my ears. I said, Jesus, I can't take this anymore. What do I do? And he said, do you want me to show you how to deal with these? I said, yes, please. He said, look at them. So I looked at them and they saw that I was looking at them. And when they saw that I saw them, they screamed and ran out of there. Right? One at a time, we went through each one. And then the room was clear. And I went, oh, Jesus, the room's clear. And all of a sudden, this big heckling laughing, mocking sound came from behind the couch. And this was like the big kahuna. And so I heard it and I said, Jesus, what do I do? He said, come on, come with me. We walked across, we looked over the couch and it was crouched down trying to hide. It realised it was being looked at, looked up, saw me looking at it, screamed and ran out of there. Right. When I woke, I was free. I was free. Now, no one 
can tell me that's made up because I lived it. I lived what it was like before it and I lived the freedom after it and I live in the freedom of it. Now, Jesus took that opportunity to teach me, not just free me. So in the morning, I had a look. What, what is this? Holy Spirit, lead me to understand what was going on. So these beings, if you look into um, biblical symbolism, they mean destroyer of faith, and they are god of death. They are Anubis with the little g, which you would see probably in Egyptian temples and so forth. Interesting, right? And Jesus set me free. Now, I learned something there, a principle about spiritual things. Jesus said to me in the morning, do you realize, Candace, you have dominion, you have authority, but you must take dominion and you must take authority. And what can you take if you don't see it? So he said, what I did, Candace, was I showed you and as soon as it knew you saw it, it could not stay. Why couldn't it stay? Because it was illegal behavior. Because I'm in covenant, a blood covenant with Jesus that says it's illegal for the demonic to try and touch me. Except if I give it permission. Because I have dominion and authority. And you see, by seeing it, I took dominion. And I took authority because that thing was not welcome in my room. Yeah? Do you realize there's things buffeting your life that you get to do that with too? You need Holy Spirit to reveal to you. You need to see what is going on, what is hidden, what is happening so that you can take dominion. It's all in Holy Spirit. We're not fancy. It's very practical. He puts his super on our natural. He used a dream. But also, this scripture is very cool. The Amplified Version reads it this way. So we have been given physical and spiritual senses, physical and spiritual gifts. Hebrews 5.14, but solid food is for the spiritually mature, for those whose senses and faculties are trained by practice to discriminate or discern between good and what is evil. So do you see there that for the spiritual to become spiritual mature, we have to train our senses, our mental faculties, that should say mental faculties, um, and put it into practice in order to be able to live this life, this anointed life. So we have to practice it. Now, this is really interesting because God does use your senses. And you have a spiritual sense as well. So for me, um, about 15 years ago, I was in a church. There was a huge altar call. I um, was asked to pray for people. And I was stepping up to pray for a young lady in her mid to late 20s. And as I was walking towards her, I smelt this stench of vomit. And so this vomit is like in my nose. I'm like, Holy Spirit, what is that? And he begins to reveal to me. And so I get to the girl and she literally, she smelled like body shop. She was stunning. But this stench was still there in like the back note, right? And I just said, Holy Spirit, what is going on? He said, 
She has been tormented by eating disorder since her early teens. And so I said, Holy Spirit, what do I do? Seriously, I don't know what I'm doing. Who really does? And when we do, don't worry, Holy Spirit will throw a spanner in that too and teach you something new. So I didn't know what I was doing. Holy Spirit, what? Ask him lots of questions, folks. What do I do? And he showed me in my mind's eye, place your hand on her chest about here and, and tell the spirit of bulimia to leave. So I said, do you mind if I place my hand on your chest? She said, no, that's fine. Place my hand there. Spirit of bulimia, leave. That thing came bubbling up out of her with a, like a cough, gurgle, reach sound and it pff, ejected. She cried instantly, totally free, totally in love. Lord Jesus, you love me, you love me. Now, this is very interesting. Many times when I've taken people through deliverance, they have instantly said, I didn't know Jesus loved me so much. Because suddenly what was blocking their receptor, their ability to receive love, was now removed. And they suddenly had this revelation, God loves me. God loves me. Isn't that beautiful? Hey, what if I wasn't training my spiritual senses? What if I went, crumbs, that stinks. Blamed the guy there. Must have ate Hungry Jacks last night. And continue on. I would have missed it, right? The truth is that we have to put into practice this stuff. We have to be trained. And I'm sorry, folks, you can't talk about something and not do it. Do you know that that is ungodly? That is a um, Greek way of thinking, of wanting knowledge and information. But do you know that according to the word, knowledge is applied information? Did you get that? You get information from Holy Spirit and you apply it. Now you know it. You do not know it just by having information. It's very important that we, those who believe, begin to put into motion and into action what we are able to through the power of Holy Spirit. Be trained. Get into training, folks. Get into training. Get game. Ask Holy Spirit lots of questions. I do all the time. Right. God's word in my mouth is the same as God's word in your mouth. So we're going to put this into action now. Do you get what I just read there? Right at the beginning, God said and Holy Spirit performed it. Now God's word is in our mouth and Holy Spirit performs it, right? So therefore, the word of God in God's mouth is the same as the word of God in my mouth, So when you hear the heart of Holy Spirit for someone, yourself, your community, speak it out and Holy Spirit performs it. You don't have to perform it. He does the work. He just needs you to believe. Very simple and act. So we're going to do that now together. I really, you know, I can't say information, uh, it doesn't become knowledge till you do it and then let you all walk out and you haven't done it. I hope you still love me after this. All right, so I'm wondering if there's people here who need prayer. And if you do, 
We would love to pray for you. We, as in your church family, would love to pray for you. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.